You're listening to Around Comics. Top of the stack. It's me, Sal, once again with another episode of Top of the Stack. <sighs> Stack. Hey, what's going on? It's uh, I'm coming off of a C2E2 fatigue, con fatigue. Uh, had a good time at the con, but it was a little exhausting, a little exasperating. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just getting too goddamn old for that kind of thing. I'm too old for this shit. As uh, as uh, uh, Sergeant Murtaugh, no, is that Murtaugh? Ray? Yeah, Murtaugh, Sergeant Murtaugh. There, th- now you know how old I am. I'm I'm quoting um, Lethal Weapon, which came out what like 40 years ago, I think. Uh, but I am I am too old for this shit. Sometimes it seems. Uh, but you know, still I I enjoy cons so much. They're they're a lot of fun. It's it's just good people and silliness. I um <laughs> I have a little funny story. From the con. So my friend, uh, I don't know if anyone saw, I, I put up a couple of pictures on Instagram. And one of them was my oldest friend in the world, a guy I've known since kindergarten. And we've stayed friends this entire time and, and, and gone through different things and, uh, you know, been through all sorts of different stuff together. But he uh, most recently, uh, kind of in, in conjunction, but not, uh, not uh, relative to me, but just... At the same time, he lost a bunch of weight. He was pretty heavy, uh, heavier than I was, and, and he ended up losing a bunch of weight. And one of the kind of things that he promised himself when he would lose the weight, when and if he lost the weight, was that he was going to cosplay. He wanted to cosplay. He was, he was, uh, you know, kind of always regretted not not doing that when he was younger, or or uh, not being able to because of his weight, or, or thinking that he couldn't because of his weight, or whatever it was, and. This is a guy that wasn't like I was always into comics when we were in school. When I was in, um, you know, not grade school, but by the time junior high rolled around, I was already reading comic books. I was certainly into sci-fi and fantasy. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, and he he touched on that stuff. Like you know, I think any kid in their 11, 12, 13 year old age. Uh, touched on that stuff, but he was never into comics that much. He was never into Dungeons and Dragons that much. I mean, he was, but not. I didn't feel like hardcore like I was. He wasn't into sci-fi and fantasy, but he was much more into, uh, you know, like Kiss was the first thing that he got into, and then it was a lot of metal, heavy metal stuff right away. And and uh, he was he was very much into bands, played in a lot of bands and metal, and then. That led him into all sorts of other avenues. And, but like I said, we remained friends. Um, I just didn't ever really consider him, uh, you know, a, a big time geek. Like he wasn't necessarily into that stuff. But as he got older and, and had a son of his own, um, it, you know, that stuff seemed to come back into his life and even even more so. So uh, he started cosplaying recently, he lost a bunch of weight. He's gotten into really good shape, and he started cosplaying, and he bought uh, some some pretty extravagant costumes for him and his son, and they went to a small show uh, here, uh, the Mighty Con at the DuPage County Fairgrounds, 
we went to, and he, he was there with his uh, son dressed up in these uh, Star Wars costumes. And then he even convinced his wife to dress up. He bought a costume for her. They were all Star Wars costumes. I don't know. They're all from the game, I think. There's like Darth Revan. He was Darth Raven or Revan. And then I don't even know who his uh, his son was. Uh, they were all really cool looking costumes. Pretty pretty extravagant, expensive costumes and everything. So Saturday they go to C2E2, all three of them together. And this is really their first time experience a con on a Saturday, I think, let alone in costume. And <laughs> I get a text from him the other day, like three days after the show, basically telling me that he's selling the costumes and he's done cosplaying, that it was a little too much for the family. Like they couldn't, couldn't quite handle all of it. It was, it was overwhelming. And, uh, and, and yeah, I guess so. I guess his cosplaying days are over at this point. That was it. One con and it killed him. No more cosplay. So I just thought that was kind of funny, but <laughs> a little tale from C2E2. All right. So what's this episode about? It is Top of the Stack. Top of the Stack, in case you're not familiar, is basically where I tell you what you should be reading. No, I tell you what I've been reading and what has made um, you know the top of my stack, the top of my pile of comics this week. Because every week I go and read a bunch of stuff. And one or two books end up uh, on top of the stack. They're the ones that are my favorite or, or, or I thought were the best books of the week. Uh, this week, it was it was a pretty easy pick, quite honestly. Uh, I don't know how I would pick anything other than Detective Comics 1000. That's right, the landmark uh, issue of Detective Comics. Batman has been around. Detective Comics has been around for uh, 80 years we're celebrating it with the 1,000th issue. DC Comics put together a plethora of star-studded, a gala, if you will, of star-studded talent to uh, to 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 comprise uh, episode. I'm sorry, issue 1,000. Detective Comics 1,000. Um, for those that don't that don't know, Detective Comics started out in uh, I think it was uh, well, it was 1939. It was right after Batman or right after Superman. It came out in Action Comics. Uh, as the first superhero comic, Detective followed uh, the following year and, and was uh, kind of the second superhero comic ever. Although it was a detective, it was Detective Comics, uh, not Batman at that time. Um, so you had Action Comics and Detective Comics. Those were the two books that really kind of started this whole superhero thing. And, and it's amazing that they've lasted so long. And, and if anything, you know, their popularity has grown. I mean, Batman and Superman, especially Batman, you know, is one of the most um, you know, loved and endeared and, and, and respected characters in, in uh, all of superheroes. I mean, who doesn't love Batman? Uh, people that don't even read comic books, you know, from the, 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 the TV show in the 60s or the, uh, the, the Keaton, uh, Tim Burton movies uh, in the 80s or, you know, the Christopher Nolan movies in the 2000s, whatever it may be, even the, even the shitty uh, Batman uh, stuff going on in DC Comics uh, movies, DC Universe now, people still love Batman. I mean, it's just, he's just one of those characters that will be around forever. And uh, and it was a pretty good issue uh, that came out uh, to celebrate his history. Um, you know, these issues are always a little tough. They're a little difficult. It's, a, it's an anthology. You know, it, it's a bunch of short stories, a bunch of different creators putting in, you know, smaller tales uh, of Batman, putting their own, their own spin on things. Uh, you know, these are not going to be the kind of books where, like, generally something uh, 
important to the character happens. You're not going to have some sort of groundbreaking thing where it changes everything or, or moves the story around or, or really defines the mythology of the character in some way. That's just not what these are. These are more like an annual or like an 80-page giant where you know it's, it's a celebration of the character and it's giving a chance of both creators and fans to sort of honor and, and uh, you know, take a look back and a look forward at, at this character. And I thought DC did a really good job with this. Uh, you know, I, I generally am not the biggest fan of anthologies um, because it's, you know, I like a complete story. I like, uh, as, as uh, Aristotle would say, I like a tragedy that is in and of itself. You know a story but um but you know th this is what it is and, and i thought altogether they did a really nice job you have a bunch of creators there's i don't know a dozen different stories in this book and and uh scott snyder and greg capullo kevin smith and jim lee you have paul dini you have uh warren ellis you have denny o'neill you have um neil adams and you have, I mean, there's just, it, the list goes on and on. I'm not going to sit here and list everybody that's in it. You can look it up online or you can, uh, you can buy the book yourself um, and, and, and figure it out. It is, it was a, a $10 book, which is kind of insane that that even exists, uh, considering, you know, when DC Comics started 80 years ago, you know, I don't know, what was it, 13 cents or some crazy number? Uh, and now you have a $10 book, which is a little nuts, but it is a celebratory issue it and it is a pretty good pretty good thing you might want to if you're not interested in buying a ten dollar book there is a, a i believe they're going to do a hardcover version of this uh same issue they're just going to come out with like a premiere a prestige format hardcover edition i'm sure it'll be 20 bucks but at least maybe with a hardcover you feel like you're getting something a little more substantial out of it than than just a single issue um yeah, so so anthologies are tough. Uh, the stories were, I felt, they were good overall. Not every one of them was great. Not every one of them was a home run. And, you know, with short stories, short stories are, are hard to write, uh, even in comics, you know, whether in prose or whatever it may be. A short story is actually sometimes harder than, than long form uh, to write. And in comics, you, you know, you only have generally in a, in a regular comic book, you have 22 pages to try and tell a story. In this, you know, these guys had what, like eight or something? Seven, eight, or, yeah, probably eight pages or something to tell most of these stories. I didn't count, so I don't know. I'm making that number up, but I, my guess is somewhere in around six or eight pages to try and tell a complete story. And that's a tough thing to do. And you're also trying to, like, convey, uh, you know, possibly your affection or, or what Batman means to you. And that was... Um, I thought what was most interesting is sort of you get to see some of these creators uh, give you their take on Batman because a character that's been around for 80 years like that, it, it means something to, to everyone a little differently. Everyone has their own perspective of Batman. Everyone has what that character means to them, whether it's, you know, the, the Dark Knight detective, uh, you know, that's the, the sort of running around Gotham solving mysteries, which... I think we saw with Scott Snyder, you know, he seems to, to like writing, you know, the detective uh, part of, of Detective Comics a lot, a lot of his stories. And, and, and the one in this issue was kind of a, a mystery uh, story to a, to a degree. It was called The Longest, it was one of my favorites in there, but it was called The Longest Case. And it was sort of, the idea was uh, Batman has been following 
these clues for decades. He's been trying to figure out uh, this this case that started on his first adventure, his first detective adventure um, as Batman. Uh, he finds a clue that kind of has nothing to do with the, the, the case that he's working, and then it leads him to another clue and leads him to another clue, and over years and years and years, uh, he hasn't been able to solve it, but he feels like he's finally very close to the end, and it, and it gives you a nice um, a nice idea of, of, of you know the mythology or, or, or how Snyder kind of sees the mythology and how he writes Batman, you know, as this detective solving mystery, solving crimes, um, and it also added to the mythology a little bit. I felt there's a I don't I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's you know uh, there's a point where uh, uh, the story turns and, and reveals what's going on and. And, uh, and, and it adds a little bit to the mythology of Batman. And we'll see, with a lot of these stories, you kind of had that. You, you had something that, uh, that added just a little twist or a little turn or a little something new to Batman's mythos, which was cool to be able to you know, have these creators do that kind of thing in this book. Is really nice. It's they weren't just all sort of okay. Here's my you know here's my little story on Batman, and nothing's going to really happen in it, or nothing's going to change. There were moments of things where where oh I'm going to add this this character, I'm going to add this idea, or I'm going to add this this event that uh, is going to take place and and change the mythos, put my little stamp on it, which was cool that the creators were allowed to do that, and some of them did it better than others. Um, the Snyder one I thought was good. Uh, Kevin Smith's I thought was actually very good. Uh, I didn't know it was his until I, you know to the end. Most of these stories you don't know who wrote it or drew it until the end of the story. The the, the title card a lot of, on a lot of them is at the end. Um, Kevin Smith with Jim Lee uh, on pencils and uh, I can't remember who did the inks and and all that stuff. You can look it up. Uh, I liked Kevin Smith's story quite a bit. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it it uh, it added something to the mythos. Uh, we find out uh, what happens to the weapon, the gun that was used to kill Bruce's parents. Um, so I thought that was kind of a, a clever thing, and and uh, uh, you know a touching kind of thing as well, and, and also topical um, story. So Kevin Smith did a really nice job. As much as I kind of am driven insane by Kevin Smith's. Uh, Place in nerddom, you know, he's sort of uh, revered by uh, you know Hollywood as the as the go-to nerd uh, that every, you know everyone kind of gets his opinion on anything that has to do with comics, which I don't know drives me a little crazy, but you know I guess he's earned it. So there you have it. Um, I thought that was really good. Paul Dini did a really nice one, although you know Dini, it's always funny because his stuff is so much ingrained in the, you know the animated uh, adventures of Batman. Um, that it's hard to kind of uh, step away from it a little bit, uh, and and everything with him is is kind of done with a wink. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very cute at the end. It's very sort of like ah, eh, you know, um, just kidding. Is sort of thing cartoonish. Very you know, it's it's cartoonish. Why wouldn't it be? But but good nonetheless. Uh, what else did I really like? Um, there was one by Jolie Jones, Tom King's uh, story. I thought was very good. It, it gave us a little look at uh how people how the how the people in the bat family perceive batman and also kind of a quiet tender moment of bruce wayne really good stuff uh there were some that didn't hit me i i thought uh warren ellis felt a little weird um 
the 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 Neil Adams uh, Christopher Priest one was uh, was I don't know a little unbalanced. I, I have a hard time looking at Neil Adams art anyway these days. It's just not what it once was, and I, I don't know something about it um, feels very unfinished. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, he's still obviously a great artist, but it's just comparatively to what I grew up reading and seeing his stuff to now, it just doesn't quite hold up. So it's it's kind of hard to, 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 to read that stuff sometimes. He still does have an amazing ability to convey a mood. Like uh, there's a there's a scene, uh, the first, I think it's the first or second spread where it's like, uh, it's, it's a spread across two pages, kind of um, the top half of the two pages. And there's like on one half, there's like these two cops sitting, you know, near a, a street, uh, sitting by their cars on a, on a New York street or Gotham street, I guess it would be. And, you know, he captures that so well, like that feel, that vibe, uh, you know, uh, from the seventies or, you know, early eighties, he, he still has sort of that vibe to it. And he's just able to capture that really well. But I, I, I wasn't crazy about the story. Uh, there's a bunch more. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, and then there's sort of this, um, this long story it's almost like a prelude to something else I like I said once again I don't want to spoil anything but it's kind of done in full page uh, full page um, pinup art so you have like I don't know a half a dozen or more uh, pinup pages of Batman fighting different villains and they're all done by different artists and then there's kind of a, a, a story going on over them. So it's a bunch of mashups of different artists telling this kind of story, and it leads to something kind of cool. Um, and then there's some other pin art, and, uh, pin up art, and stuff in there, and, and just a, a lot of, you know, a lot of love letters to Batman. A lot of a lot of creators obviously care about Batman and love Batman and and and, and love that character, and and you you could tell. And it, it was interesting to see how different people see different. You know, see diff Batman differently. You know, some people see him as the dark detective. Some people see him as sort of a tragic figure, a lonely figure. Some people see him as as the patriarch of the Bat family. Uh, some people see him, you know, as as the Dark Knight. Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to kind of see how other people perceive Batman, and and um, and then you know tell a story about it. And this this kind of has everything. It has. You covered, you know, however you look at Batman, however you perceive Batman, uh, I think this book kind of has it covered, and, and it does a pretty good job. Is it, you know, uh, is this a landmark issue as far as, uh, the, you know, the great stories told of Batman? No, there's nothing in here that's I think will ever, you know, sort of last the test of time, or or that will, um, you know, people will be talking about, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. I doubt there's anything in here that 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 uh, exists um, in that way, but as far as a landmark issue, it's the thousandth issue. DC wants to commemorate it. Um, it was good. It was it was well done. I think it was better than most of these types of things. I you know they're 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 hard to do. Doing these anthologies are not easy. Trying to have any sort of consistency, any kind of like theme or anything like is is impossible to do. So you just kind of have to trust that the artists are able to. You know, to to put together stories that, and then and then you know the editors can kind of weave them in some sort of semblance that makes sense or doesn't you know isn't too jarring and 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 is entertaining and and worth 
worth uh, your money. And I, I, you know, like I said, I don't know. Is it worth ten bucks? Yeah, you know, as a collectible item and good stories. Yeah, because it's not. The, and that's the thing. It's not just a collectible item. It's not just like a throwaway thing. There are good stories in here. So it's both. And and for ten bucks, you know, you're getting a piece of history. It is. Uh, it is. You know, the thousandth issue of Detective Comics. I guess. I don't know. That's the weird thing. Like, is it really? The thousandth issue, I have no idea. Can we even tell anymore? Because things have been relaunched and and you know the the rebooted and number one so many times. I guess DC has that. You know they they have it figured out. But uh, it is pretty cool to imagine like a thousand issues. That's that's insane. You know, action comics, Batman comics. Is anything else even close to those two? Um, I don't know where Wonder Woman's at. I don't know you know uh, where anything else. I nothing. I, Nothing on uh, Marvel's side is even close, I can't imagine. But it's pretty cool. Like, maybe the Avengers. The Avengers, uh, how many issues have we had of the Avengers? I don't know. But to have a, to have two different books that started it all, hit their thousandth issues uh, mark, you know, within the same, you know, uh, year, basically, uh, is really awesome. Really, really amazing accomplishment to those characters. you got to imagine, uh, you know, and I know the more cynical of us, We'll always point back to like, yeah, but you know, look what happened to you know Siegel and Schuster and Bob Finger and and uh, Bob Kane or whatever. You know, yeah, I, I know. There's that. There's there's certainly the dark side of of comics, but think of it this way too. And I always point to this whenever people like, you know, not to take the side of publishers, not to try and like diminish what any creator has done to to create one of these characters. You know, Siegel and Schuster. Bob Finger and, and Kane, uh, or Bill Finger, I'm sorry, and Bob Kane, um, you know, they created these characters, obviously. And and without them, these characters, you know, Superman, Batman, would never have existed. But at the same time, you have, you know, 80 years of other artists and other writers and editors and, yes, publishers that have kept these characters alive and have kept kept them relevant and kept them going and made them more popular than I think anyone could have ever imagined. So while you have to pay tribute to the original creators and 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 you know Siegel and Schuster and Finger and and Kane uh, respectively for these books, you can't you can't diminish what the publishers and the rest of the creators over the last 80 years have done to keep these characters alive, to keep them in the public eye, to make them more popular uh, than they have ever been or uh, than you know, anyone could ever have dreamed they would have been. Because let's be honest, Siegel and Schuster you know, had Superman for a long time and, and were running around trying to get someone to pay them for it or publish it, and nobody cared. Nobody was interested. You know, They never would have taken Superman... To where he is today you know on their own it wouldn't have happened they needed the rest of this stuff to happen they needed the publishers they needed the other artists and writers and editors to be involved good or bad i know that they got screwed over i'm not trying to, to diminish that fact but the reality is is batman or superman probably would not still exist if they were just those creators doing it especially at that time. It didn't exist. That kind of thing didn't happen. Um, so if those creators still own those those characters, 
we probably wouldn't care about them like we do. We probably wouldn't be interested in them. We wouldn't have the movies and all that stuff. And I know it's, it's you know, in retrospect, it's always easy to look back and go, hey, you know, uh, these guys didn't get to make the money off of, you know, these billion-dollar franchises. Yes, absolutely. They got fucked over. There's no denying that. They should have gotten paid. Uh, they should have been very wealthy people from their creations. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't diminish what, 80 years of artists and writers and editors have done. And even publishers, yes, even PR people, even, you know, even people that, um, you know, work in the offices for all those years and promoted the books and sold them to comic book stores and all that stuff. And, and you know, the, the, they need a little bit of credit, too, for helping these characters survive as long as they have. And so there you go. That's it. That is Top of the Stack this week, Detective Comics 1000. Congratulations to Batman, and congratulations to all the artists and writers that have uh, helped Batman survive for 80 years, and, and, and not only survive, but really uh, you know, become a household name and uh, a character that millions and millions and millions of people love. Uh, congratulations to DC Comics, and, and, uh, and thank you, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, for creating... Batman, uh, and that's it. So I hope you, uh, I hope you'd enjoyed the issue. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Chris and Tom and I will be back in April, not this weekend. We are not able to record this weekend. Both of them are out of town this weekend. Uh, so next weekend, uh, we will be recording April, I think April 6th, something like that. We'll be recording. So look for a new Around Comics episode then. Uh, between now and then, I'll probably do another Top of the Stack. I don't know if there's anything else that will come up. But uh, but there you go. So there you have it. Top of the stack for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys are reading. Hey, use the hashtag. Hashtag top of the stack. Let me know what you are reading. What's on the top of your stack. Uh, hashtag around comics. For us, you can always reach us at info at around comics. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those happy places. You can go to aroundcomics.com slash reviews and read my reviews of books of the week. That will be up today. I have, uh, I think, four different books that I reviewed. Um, some good, some bad. I don't know. These aren't always happy reviews. Some of them are negative stuff. Not negative, but critical. I, I, I try and take a more critical eye with the written reviews. Uh, so you can you can read those on Around Comics. And yeah, that's it. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around comics.